0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello there and welcome to the Engage for Success Radio show. This is show number 234, New and Innovative Ways to Collect and Act on Employee Feedback. My name is Cathy Brown. I'm the exec Director at Engage for Success, the UK's national movement for employee engagement. And my guest is Sarah Mars, who's the Principal Consultant for Employee Insights at Qualtrics. So, Sarah, welcome to the program. Hi, Cathy. Thanks very much for having me. It's a real pleasure. And Sarah was just telling me that she was, in fact, on our radio show many, many years ago when we first started, way back three or four years ago. So it's (laughs) super to have you back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: so delighted to see how much it's grown since um, since the days that I was on, first of all. So, well done to you
0: guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Sarah, can we start off by, uh, would you give us uh, a little bit of your background and tell us what Qualtrics does as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, as you said, I'm a, a principal consultant. and here
1: at Qualtrics in um, employee experience. So, my background, I have been working in the in the fun world of employee surveys, employee feedback surveys, for just about 10 years now. Um, I actually started my career at Connexa, um, but spent the bulk of my uh-huh. time with Hay Group, uh, Corn Ferry Hay Group, and that was really, you know, cutting my teeth on on the traditional annual engagement survey and um, moving a little bit into pulse, but designing, delivering um, those surveys for for global clients. Um, I then uh, did a stint in house at Tesco, which is where I came across uh, you guys and, and actually on the on the podcast yep. all those years ago. Um, and have been at Qualtrics for just coming up to three years now. Um, And at Qualtrics, essentially, I work with organizations um, across EMEA, helping them figure out how to design their feedback programs um, in a way that works with our platform. So essentially using the platform in a way that's meaningful Mm -hmm. to them. A little bit about Qualtrics. Perfect. uh, Many people people listening on, on the phone probably haven't heard of Qualtrics. We, have, we don't have the best brand awareness here in Europe. We're getting better, um, slowly but surely. Um, so we are essentially a tech company. We're a tech company based out of the U.S., out of Provo in Utah. Um, we're a feedback mm-hmm. platform, uh, so we allow companies to collect feedback on, on those core experiences in their business, and, and um, as we see it, um, employee experience um, alongside customer experience and other experiences are other really critical things that organizations need to be measuring and make sure that they're excelling at. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. And I mean the, the basic sort of question, I think, that many, many people ask when mm-hmm. we look at Survey companies and feedback and everything else is why is employee engagement so mm. important?
1: Yes, well, I feel like I feel like that's almost and maybe this is this is coming from someone who's been doing this for so many years. I think that's almost a question that I sometimes skip over when I'm talking to customers because I feel like it's just a, you know such a, a given at, at this stage that we understand that it is important mm. um, you know I could cite so many studies from the academic world um, looking at the impact of the engagement on, on customer satisfaction or other um, business outcomes and of course every consulting company out there will have a piece of research that they've done that shows the importance of you know their engagement construct um, and other business outcomes and um, so I, I do feel like mm-hmm. you know and you would have a sense of this in the conversations that you have I do feel like it is it is generally accepted that, that um, having an engaged workforce is a good thing, um, and maybe even accepted mm. that it's it's generally just the right thing to do. Um, you know whether whether or not you can necessarily prove a hard metric. You know, as a, as an employer, um, it makes sense to have a, a a group of people working for you that want to be there. Um, I, I suppose where Absolutely. we are. Um, see, oh where we are seeing that the conversation shift a little bit now um, is to maybe thinking um, there's been an awful lot of focus on, on engagement as an attitudinal outcome and, and the impact of that attitudinal outcome on, on business performance. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it's certainly true that that is mm-hmm that is critical and that is important and i think what we are maybe seeing now is is companies looking at other things that you can measure about people's experiences at work um so for example you know are people getting the training that they need to be successful um are people being set up for success when they first join an organization are people's brand perceptions of a a company positive that might influence then their their experience throughout that organization so If anything, we may be seeing that companies are spotting that there are other wins for them in a company other than focusing solely on engagement. And that's not to say that engagement isn't important. It's just that there are other things that you can look at.
0: Absolutely, no, we would completely agree. And one of the other things that we find is that, absolutely, companies are saying, yes, yes, engagement, that's important, we should have some of that. But they Mm. actually don't know what to do. um, And we still find that quite a common sort of problem. So obviously, one of the things that they very often do is turn to an engagement survey. Um, Sometimes I think in the slightly mistaken view that just doing a survey is engagement, and obviously that's something that we try Mm. and, and combat. But also, I think in the you know, yeah. uh, to to baseline where they are, which is obviously always a good way of, of starting off. So uh, in your experience, how can engagement surveys help businesses to make positive changes?
1: Yeah, well, I could not agree with you more that the survey, it's like going to the doctor to get a checkup and the doctor says okay you know i'm going to give you a full scan and you know you, this this and this is what's wrong with you but then not doing anything about it <laughs> you know like we, it's all very well getting the diagnosis <laughs> or getting the scan but really the whole point is to do something something with it and i think you know
0: it's
1: it's very interesting being in the in the position where we're in because i think we we are often seen as, you know, a new and a different type of solution um, to the the sort of more traditional established consulting solutions out there. And I think one of the first Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that we have to remind our customers of is we can give you this tool, you know, which is going to help you um, get that diagnosis, you know, quicker and more easily and and hopefully get a a better diagnosis. But ultimately, there's a whole Mm. piece of work you know, that has to come with that around, you know, communicating, um, making sure that you're leveraging your business partners throughout the organization, making sure that you're speaking to frontline managers. I mean, that's such a huge mm. piece, making sure that you're connecting with employees through this whole process, that your your survey program yeah. itself is an engaging process for employees um so there's so so much more uh, you know than just getting that data um, but what we don't want to happen is that getting the survey feedback data becomes such a, an onerous process that it, it becomes the whole task mm. in and of itself i think that, that's one thing that you know that that is a, a you know a, an easy
0: kind of hurdle to get out the way no definitely and um, you mentioned within there that um there's there's a certainly a view that Qualtrics is both new and, and different and innovative. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What makes the Qualtrics technology different in that way? I think um,
1: so. We we have a, a benefit in that we have, you know, we obviously have a large engineering team, um, uh, both mm-hmm. uh, based in in the US, and we're actually starting up an engineering org here in Europe. Um, and so there's there's the obvious, you know, there's the obvious that comes with that, and the obvious uh, um, yeah. power that it gives us to add add new features into our platform. But I think, to be honest with you, a lot of where we're able to get quick wins on my side of the business. So I obviously work predominantly in our in our employee side of the business. And um, is that we have yeah. a lot of a lot of features that are embedded up in our platform from. Our customer research arm. So we have a, a huge um, okay. customer feedback arm at Qualtrics, and we manage. So for example, um, Telenor, you know, one of the, the big, global, massive global telcos, globally, we we manage mm-hmm. their contact centres um, through our, our customer feedback and management. So if you are a customer and you get a follow up survey, you're texted a follow up survey that will go straight back to the agent through Qualtrics. So if you think about the mm-hmm. power that had to be invested in to be able to do that, we can then essentially mm-hmm. lift those features and put them into our employee listening space. Um, so things like, yes. I mean, this is a real basic one, but, you know, text analytics, the ability to do sentiment analysis, topic analysis, that was something we were able to lift out of our, our, our customer listening space. And um, We're doing a mm-hmm. lot more with advanced analytics that stuff we're able to lift from that side of the business. Um, in the future, we're, mm-hmm. I, we're, we're hoping to introduce a lot more um, closed feedback loops so, how can you kind of have a trigger or a ticket based off of a negative piece of feedback? get that into the hands of the leader who needs to see it yeah. and then allow allow them to actually close that loop and respond to that person who uh-huh. gave a particular piece of feedback? So all these are all things from the customer world that we're able to incorporate mm. into the this sort of employee space and of course then it leads oh, no. to, and this is where I'm very lucky, it, it leaves me with the interesting question of how should this be used in an employee space you know as opposed to um, mm. Trying to, to figure out whether we can use
0: it. Have you got any stories that you can share with us, or, or case study type mm. material of your customers who are how are they using it? Mm. I think our audience would find that really interesting. Mm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So. I'll probably – I'll speak to a few a few different ones. I mean, we, we do um, – the mm. annual engagement survey is still very much, at least for us, you know, a, a major piece of work. And, um, you know, yeah. a, a quick kind of piece I can speak to that I thought was quite innovative was um, with ASDA. So we, we work with ASDA actually as, as part, of, um, part of a global account with Walmart. And they yeah. did a pretty cool thing at the end of their um, engagement survey where they take each individual employee – back to a specific piece of feedback based on their survey responses. So the employee got an immediate piece of feedback based on how they responded to the survey. Um, and as they were they were quite smart about how they approached it, they um, basically pulled out particular items that they felt would be within a, an employee's control or that they felt that they had resources to guide an employee on. And then if certain employees... Mm-hmm. Um, responded, you know, in a certain way to those items and they could just immediately, um, you know, present them with a page and said, hey, you know, it sounds like this is something that, that, you know, um, we could be doing better on. Have you seen these resources? Link them straight into the the internet where they can access those resources. So That's a really simple example of where you can just kind of real quickly deal with some really small stuff if you have the resources and if you've already developed the tools internally. Um, Mm -hmm. Adidas Mm -hmm. is one that we speak to a lot. We um, Stefan Kiel, who's the head of People Analytics at Adidas, actually spoke at a conference with us. If any of your listeners are interested, um, if you Google it, it's up on YouTube somewhere if you want to hear him talking about his People Pulse. Um, but they run an incredibly okay. innovative program. They really pushed us um, in terms of what we could deliver technically. And their ethos yeah. of the program was that it should feel the same quality to an employee as it should feel – to a customer experiencing the program so the yes. survey that, that that the survey experience that they designed is very very high-end it's all you know you can imagine beautifully branded and um, very mm-hmm. kind of sports mm-hmm. themed you know ready set go it's really really cool and the um, the, the coding that the guys designed and that, that they really, as I said, they really pushed us on really makes it feel like an entirely different experience for employees. And that's part yeah. of a monthly pulse program that they run, which is generally very interesting and that obviously has dashboards kind of going straight away to different leaders in their business. I, I definitely recommend mm. looking at that one. Um, another one I'll, I'll, I'll quickly talk to you is Zelando. Um, so Zolando are a German mm-hmm. organization. They're actually – kind of the German ASOS is how I describe them. So in Germany and France and some other European countries, ASOS is not the the number one online shopping um, space It's Zalando. So they're experiencing huge growth. Um, Really, really interesting company, obviously, in in this relatively new online retail space. Um, They've really embraced triggering in their employee feedback. So they have a a, a whole bunch of different ways that they listen to employees. They have a quarterly pulse. Um, But one of the key things that they're looking at is um, life cycle feedback. And they've actually started an entire feedback process. They're starting with candidates, so people before they're hired at Philando. And they're triggering surveys out to candidates Um, integrated with our applicant tracking system Um, they're triggering surveys out to candidates based on a change in disposition for that candidate and to get feedback from those candidates to ultimately be able to optimize you know how they're sort of going through the hiring process so that they know that when they make an offer to someone they're most likely to hire them and they're going to continue that That, that's their phase one and they're going to continue that through the life cycle so through the onboarding stages for an employee and sort of tracking an employee through these moments um, and automatically triggering Mm -hmm. out surveys so they can start to gather
0: data on those experiences. Oh, it sounds like there's plenty going on. Um, You mentioned... There's so much going on. Yeah, I could go on forever. (laughs) well, I might ask you about a couple more in a minute. But um, a question that's me out of that. Uh, Obviously, we've, you know, for many, many years now, um, we've been coming away from the annual survey is, is the one mm. thing that companies do and there's now a number of different ways and, and obviously uh, pulse surveying in various ways is is becoming more common. Um, so is that your experience? Is that what you're seeing? Are people looking at surveying at different frequencies and different elements mm. of their their workforce?
1: Um, in all honesty, I'd say we're seeing a mix. Um, there's always okay. early adopters and I think I think we're in... We're in a phase where there's, you know, let's say, um, 30, 40% early adopters, and slowly that that is is, is you know is changing. Um, and it's interesting <laughs> because I, I, I have to say I am myself starting to shift. You know, I, 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 did traditional surveys for a really long time, and I've seen them work so well. Um And yeah. I and I've also experienced the pain. You know that that, that can come with waiting on reports and the pain of building hierarchies. I can't, I've lost count of how many hierarchies I've had to build and fix, and, you know, I, and I, I, I totally, I totally know that pain, but I've also seen the pure impact that a great piece of analysis on all of that rich data can do. I've seen CEOs of, you know, large global organizations have aha moments, thinking gosh, I did not realize that this was happening in my organization. So I'm hmm. I, I have to say, personally, I'm loath to throw the baby out with the bathwater um, when it comes to annual surveys. And I would always encourage an organization to make sure that maybe it's not annually, but at some cadence, they are getting a rich data set, you know, by asking a, a mm-hmm. reasonably large, you know, 30, 40 number of questions down through their organization. Um, having said that, having said that, I do – Understand why many companies don't feel that just checking in with their employees once a year is appropriate, and I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it says a lot to say, you know, we believe that your you know, levels of whatever it is, engagement, motivation, um, is really important, but we're only really going to ask you once a year. I, I don't think that, I don't think that that makes sense. So I do, um, I do see the need, and I do understand the need to check in. What I see a lot of companies doing though is is kind of jumping straight to pulse for want of a better term as a solution you know and and kind of going oh maybe we should run quarterly or maybe we should run even monthly and without really Mm. thinking about what they're trying to measure who they need to get the data to and what business outcomes that will impact and if you're simply running pulse surveys only to measure some sort of attitude more regularly maybe it's engagement maybe it's something else um i always Mm. caution companies around that because then you're just going to end up with more data you know on on attitudes okay maybe you know that your engagement goes up maybe you know that it goes down but you're not actually um giving yourself something tangible that you can act on and and in in my view you really must have a business imperative that you are that is giving you a reason to do this um and that is giving you something as well to align yourself against when you need to start making trade-offs with your pulse survey trade-offs around your depth of reporting, um, trade-offs around number of questions, you know, whatever it is. So
0: Mm.
1: I'm not sure if that was a a particularly clear answer. There's never really a black and white answer to any of this stuff, but I do do see the value, but I also see a lot of companies running to Mm. it without a clear purpose.
0: Absolutely, and you said something there, which I just think is one of the the biggest failings of companies that suddenly decide that yes, right, that we need to survey, um, is is not understanding what it is that they're trying to address by doing it, mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. then as a result mm-hmm. you don't you don't necessarily ask the right questions. Um and then uh, the the sort of classic of, of not acting on what you're finding out from the survey and then obviously you, you then have mm-hmm. all sorts of negative impact back into your workforce. So in terms of um some of your organizations acting on what they've been told, what are you seeing there? What are people doing in terms of, of actually doing something about what they're, the what the data is telling them?
1: Yeah, I think um I think what we are definitely and what we get asked a lot is how is this data going to be synthesized in a really easy to digest way for my um, senior leaders and senior stakeholders and um, mm-hmm. so you know I actually can sorry Adidas again as an example I think that they have a really nice example so obviously kind of real time is a, is a, is a big thing that we always speak to so from in our opinion you know as soon as that survey closes, you should be able to give your leaders um, the data because that's when everybody's thinking about mm. it. That's when it's fresh. You know, there's a, there's a momentum with feedback that is really, I think it's easy to lose quite that you have to harness that momentum to, to keep the data. Um, yeah. So Adidas actually had, they actually run monthly pulse surveys and they had, um, you know, just um, through a, a situation, they had uh, a situation where they had a, a set survey go out and then the next month, was a survey whereby leaders could, um, countries could set their own questions. So you had sort of one set of results and then the opportunity very quickly after that to ask your own set of questions. And they didn't actually plan for it to happen that way, but it ended up just happening that way. Um, And so Mm -hmm. there was a leader in a particular country, I think it was an an Asian country, um, who got the survey results and there was a negative score, you know, in in a particular area or a particular, um, it was actually an open Mm -hmm. text, um, analysis piece of feedback that, that came out very very strongly in this score um, so they got the results immediately as soon as, soon as the survey closed and um, saw this this particular score um you know dug into it a little bit more um and and really wanted to get to the bottom of it and it was actually around um i believe uh, flexibility in working and, and and sort of working hours work life balance in that in that sort of area without getting too much into detail so what they were yeah. able to do, because they knew that they had this opportunity to, to ask a question in another survey coming up, is they actually went straight back out to employees um, and asked them yeah. for more detail, actually asked them for solutions. So what is it that would be best? You know, would it be, you know, and they kind of laid out a few different options and then and then used open text feedback. As an organization, they're very into mm-hmm. um, open text feedback and, and, and text analytics. Um, and so they then got a huge response to that from employees and then um, were yeah. able to take top suggestions and implement them straight away, you know, around different working arrangements. Um, and that was, mm-hmm. for them, actually a happy coincidence. They didn't intend to have a, a kind of um, a, a leader-designed survey or a country-designed survey go out so quickly. It was just a, sort of by coincidence the way that this, the yeah. program fell out. But what it showed them is that if they actually do have a kind of a window like a survey follow-up window to get that bit more information that you might need, it actually really enabled them yes. um, to take action really, really quickly and, and it enabled those leaders to kind of get what they needed to, to be able to take some tangible
0: action. So I thought that was um, kind of a cool story when they told mm. me about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that sort of speed of response and iteration is very unusual, um, certainly from from what we see from the general uh, uses of, of this type mm. of survey. Um, so it the it, other is,
1: sort of it is, and I
0: think, being... Oh, no, go one. <laughs> um, one of the other terms that's being used a lot in this space, and I, I find it sort of intriguing, both technologically and just in the, you know, the idea of, of how we go with it. Is, is the continuous listening aspect, and and I think people mean all Ooh. sorts of different stuff by it at the moment. But again, are you yeah. are you seeing instances yeah. of that? We certainly are. We're actually I'm
1: I'm actually heading tomorrow morning to go to speak to a UK retailer again about literally those are the two words, those very two words that they've used, continuous listening. Um yeah. I think it's interesting and I think it's one of those terms, it's a bit like pulse. It doesn't really mean anything because you, it depends what you ask. You know, what am, what am I continually yes. listening to? Am I continually listening to how happy people are? Well, I, don't, I think that's probably a waste of mm-hmm. time and energy. But if it's just, you know, a simple, a simple um, survey that's always open that sits, you know, we, we actually have them. We have them everywhere at Qualtrics, as you can imagine, the survey company. We have QR codes all over yep. our office asking people for feedback on the food menus asking people for feedback on the breakout areas all the time that's continuous listening yeah and that's um you know that that could be useful continuous listening we have in our um meeting rooms Little uh, cards with QR codes. So when we have executives come in and they want to order, a, um, it's just very random. If they want to order a coffee, and um, they can just uh, plug mm-hmm. into this code and then plug in their order, and then it triggers an order, um, you know, out to out to um, our office manager. That's continuous listening. Um, another example that we cite yeah. is, you know, if you have um, specifically using feedback tabs on uh, internet sites. So if you have a a program around, uh, let's say, a benefits program or um, we work with an organization that's recently done a big push on women in leadership, and you just want Mm -hmm. people to go in, you know, maybe they're browsing the benefits page and and you want to give them the opportunity to provide feedback, you can just have a a sort of a tab that that slides in a little bit like, I'm sure you've seen, you know, if you're browsing a website, you might get a little pop-up or a little feedback tab on the side. Very, very similarly. Um, to ask people to provide feedback on that one thing. So I think that it can actually be very, very valuable if you have, okay, there's a team. Let's say it's the benefits team or let's say it's the catering team or the diversity team, whatever it is. There's a team who's ready Mm -hmm. to receive that and who's Mm -hmm. going to find that feedback interesting and and relevant. I absolutely think it's valuable. And it can actually be quite a low-touch, low-cost and effective way um, to listen to employees. Um, the notion of, you know, and I think we're obviously seeing a shift towards kind of uh I I I hesitate to say daily, but you know, this idea of a kind of recurring, yeah. you know, email maybe that's asking you for um feedback on a, on your day. You know, I, I I would be honest personally, I haven't seen that um implemented, you know, to any great success in an organization sort of on an ongoing basis yeah. to have such regular feedback and um Whilst I can see the value, I, I am a little bit skeptical about the value of asking people, um, you know, something over and over again so frequently. So I, when, yeah. I, when I think of continuous listening in, a, in an effective way, I think of it as being sort of maybe a little bit more tactical. Um, rather than yes. an attitude as it were, you know, rather than sort of how people are feeling yes. or how motivated they are. But, but hey, you know, yeah. maybe a customer will come to us and ask us build it. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the difference I find is if, if organisations are listening for a specific can be very yes. useful, but I think if they're just listening exactly. as a whole, what you obviously tend to get is, is noise. Um, and it, it's very hard then to distinguish exactly. or do anything effective with what you're hearing. So it does need to be quite focused and targeted, I think.
1: Exactly. What I will say, and this is actually um, the retailer that we're actually going to tomorrow, and you brought this up. I mean, continuous listening Mm -hmm. means so many things to to different people. So it's like pulse. Pulse is another term that could mean anything, really, to different people. Mm. Um, What we um, are seeing and what what they're actually interested in, and we actually um, have built a, a system that does this for Airbus, is actually decentralizing yep. that listening. So um, actually enabling um, for Airbus, it's, it's actually further down, sort of low, mid-managers to deploy mm-hmm. surveys within their organization. So it's what I think of as really decentralizing surveys. And I do think yeah. that is a very legitimate trend that we're seeing, and I think we're going to see that grow more and more and more. So oh. can we, as a central team, as a central admin team design a survey, but allow a manager to deploy it when they want, to who they want, and collect the results um, when the results come in. And that I have also seen Mm. that used under the umbrella of continuous listening, and I think that is a very, very interesting um, way to use surveys that we might see grow more and more.
0: It it is. That is really interesting. I mean, our immediate thought when Mm. you think of survey, whether it's Pulse or annual or anything else, is that obviously it is driven... You know, for the senior leadership by a central team, Um,
1: yeah,
0: and and that absolutely is the paradigm. That's how you think of it. I find that that new that's really interesting. Um, Yes, having the control of the manager to, yeah, absolutely. And the the interesting thing is there. Oh. hmm
1: the interesting thing is you can you can do that in a very controlled way or an uncontrolled way, but if you want to aggregate data yes. and be able to also view data at a senior leadership level, that's where you need to do it in a bit more of a controlled way yes. anyway yeah yes. no,
0: absolutely yes i well, I'm fascinated by the entire conversation as I always am when we talk about analytics and quantification and the, the fact that we need to remember there are people at the end of it and of course we behave in, in irrational and illogical ways um, and so I think actually having this sort of human element of understanding as, as analytics gets more and more uh, sophisticated um, is really is mm. really useful we could talk about this for hours Sarah mm. I have to say but we are running out of time so I will ask you one more question which is how can people find out more about portraits?
1: Um, So you are very welcome to um, check out our website. I think it must be Qualtrics.com forward slash UK. Um, We also recently ran a study, which um, some of the listeners in the UK might be interested to hear about. If you Google uh, Qualtrics UK Mm -hmm. Pulse, should come up. It, it just, we released it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this really We did a deep dive into looking at our well-being in the UK and impacts of things like stress levels, workload, um, on engagement and a bunch of other outcomes. So I would definitely
0: encourage your listeners to go and take a look at that. Perfect. That's absolutely ideal. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. It's been a real pleasure to, to talk to you. I hope we don't wait another four years to have you back Likewise. on the radio show. Um, <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much <indeed>. not, No. <laughs> thanks, all the best Engage for Success Bye-bye. Radio raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work